the voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Davo. Is that not the most exciting regular season game at Kauffman Stadium in recent memory? It has to be. As Casey beats Oakland 4-2 to two in the rubber match of three at the K. Quite an interesting game. Five different members of the Royals, of course, are tossed out. Fireworks nonstop on the field and from the dugouts. And KC coming from behind in thrilling fashion. As we welcome you to another edition of Clubhouse Conversation. Davo on your dish. We're glad you're along. We're this and every single Sunday. We're joined by Clubhouse Conversation insider Jake Lutz. Today, no different. Jake, let's bring you on first of all. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Well, after that one, man, how can you not be great? Uh, Absolutely. And, and a boatload to go over, Jake. we got to recap today's game, first and foremost, because, I mean, one thing that's being lost from all the shenanigans and all the chirping from both sides is the fact that it was a great game today, a lot of great plays to be you know talked about that nobody's really discussing. So we'll talk about the game, first and foremost. Then we'll go over the, the whole melee, uh, A's versus Royals, not to be confused with Ron Mayhay, the melee. Sorry. Not the stretch there. <laughs> Plus, we will also preview the Twins series, and then we'll do our uh, true or false five-pack with you, Jake, each Sunday. But should we go over this game? You ready to dig right in? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's start off with our player of the game. I'm sure you probably agree with Kendrys Morales with that big uh, you know, game-winning hit, which turned out to be the full count at bat. There's two on with a runner at third against Eric O'Flaherty, you know, the tough lefty Jake, and he wanted to make sure he elevated one there. And he did that, didn't he? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I would say probably one of the best at-bats of the season by a Royals player. Because you got to remember, he was down 0-2 in that count. And uh, he, he worked the count then to 2-2, two and two, fouled off a pitch, saw seven pitches, then worked it to 3-2, got a pitch up on 3-2, and he did not miss it any other day. That ball probably leaves the yard, but, you know, we'll settle for a double off the wall that wins us the game. It was, it was a solid at-bat by Morales. Absolutely. And I think it's important to note that, you know, the A's weren't really giving him anything to hit until that 3-2 pitch. That was obviously a mistake. It was an elevated fastball that he deposited into the left center field gap. It was kind of surprising to me with the rookie Orlando Calixte on deck that they even gave him much to hit. Because, I mean, at that point, you put, you know, runners, in a, you know, the bases loaded. Who cares? You give up one there, you're probably going to lose with Wade Davis coming up in the ninth. So I almost thought they would, you know, and they did mainly try to pitch around him, Jake, I thought. But once, once he got down 0-2, I think they went after him a little bit too much. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. I, I was surprised. With Kalikste on deck right there, a guy who doesn't have you know any major league experience and is not you know known for the bat that well, at least no one really knows much about him. But he, yeah, that's I, I'm very surprised that he. I'm surprised he didn't see another pitch in the dirt, just like the three he had seen before that. Right, right, and so he is our player of the game, and then obviously the play of the game. I think you know that probably in this case is the play of the game. There's some other things we could talk about, Jake, and, and let's pay homage to a few other things here. Now, first of all, uh, you know Eric Hosmer. I thought the at bat before that to get Morales up there. Another time where he had two strikes on him and laid off a number of good pitches, fouled off some tough ones. Do you agree that was a pretty impressive AB by Hosmer there? Yeah, it was. It was huge in that situation. Yeah, Hosmer had a good A-B there. And, you know, we've, we've talked about it time and time again. When these Royals hitters are being patient at the plate, good things seem to really happen when they're working the count, and that's, that's what happened late in this game. 
Yeah, definitely late because early the Royals were hacking. And, and, and you could tell the first couple of innings they did square up some balls pretty well. Moose squared one up. Hosmer did. But, you know, I, it was obvious that Kazmir adjusted to the Royals' um, approach of ambushing him and started throwing some pitches that weren't that good. And the Royals did also, Jake, you know, struggle with that high fastball today with two strikes. Yeah, so that's, you know, this, the Royals are, you know, at times a free-swinging group. And they have a lot of guys really struggle with that. It's obviously the pitch in the dirt with, you know, guys like and even morale at the times want to chase that pitch in the dirt. But, yeah, teams seem to really go the fastball up is that a lot of our hitters really have a tough time sometimes um, laying off of that pitch. And certainly early in the game we saw a lot of them chasing a Casimir was working that. And he was working, you know, obviously he was just painting the corners the entire game. And uh, But he was work, He knew exactly what he was doing when he was ahead in the count, putting the ball in the dirt, and then a good mix of that, and then going back up high and uh, getting our guys to chase. Yeah, changing the eye level and got Lorenzo Cain once in a strikeout once and a pop-up from doing that. Got Eric Kratz once in a full count with the fastball up. So a nice job by Kazmir today. Got to give him some credit. Now, Lorenzo Cain, obviously, to finish off that eighth inning, has the big double, you know, crushing that ball. Maybe a misplay by Sam Fold. Maybe should have been, you know, made the play by him, but it was a double. And then, Jake, we got to talk about the defense in this one also. I think... I mean, no one's remembering the defense. The defense, by my account, saved the Royals two runs today. There's two plays that were made and one nice play that wasn't made, but it was a heck of an effort. Let's start off with uh, Gerard Dyson, Jake, back in the top of the fourth inning. So maybe the most underrated play of the game, the Royals are already down and you know, taking extra bases away from Marcus Simeon. He did that with a runner there on first base. If that gets by... Uh, Dyson, that's a, a run right there. And you and I were at the game together, Jake, right behind home plate, and we were discussing how, you know, for as great as Gordon is defensively, maybe his speed doesn't allow him to get to that ball. Yeah, I don't. I'm, there may not be another left fielder in the league for that ball, and I wasn't sure exactly how Dyson would look out there in left field today because we haven't seen him much in left. We saw him in right field last week against the Twins, and that did not go very well for him. He seems more comfortable, though, in center and left, and he got a great jump on that ball today, and he has, you know, as good a speed as anybody. And I, I could not believe off the bat that he got to that ball, that anybody got to that ball, in fact. Right. I mean, it was it was a pretty incredible play, and it, a little bit forgotten, I think, with everything that went on in the game today. Yeah, I mean, you and I, I think, off the bat, both kind of remarked with uh, an obscenity under our breath, you know, thinking that that ball was another run and a, a definite double, maybe even a triple there for Simeon there when he smoked that ball. But, yeah, Dyson made the play. It was nice seeing Jake him respond, too, after uh, a very rough outing in right field his last start, too. Yeah, it was. And he looked more comfortable. You know, the right field is, is tough, especially if you haven't played a lot of it because he just – I don't think he's played he, – well, as, at least – Dating back to before last week when he played his games, he'd only played a couple innings in his major league career in right field. He played a little bit in the minors, but it's it's a lot different the way the ball tails off the bat for right-handed hitters. It's just a it's a much different view. But uh, he seemed he seemed comfortable out there in left though today. He he had he read that ball just perfectly. And again, I I don't think anybody else catches that. Now another run was saved on a fantastic play when Christian Colon came in, unfortunately, for Omar Infante, and we'll discuss Infante a bit later. But Christian Colon makes the diving play to get Mark Canna out. That's the second out of the seventh, Jake. If you remember that Ryan Matson was in, that's you know nobody's on base, so two outs, nobody on. But, I mean, how big is that when the next hitter, Eric Sogard, doubles? That's a run right there, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Saved a run there, and it was a fantastic play. Again, another just reading the ball, the first perfect first step in there diving and making the play. Another play that I'm not positive in Omar Infante would have made because Clone has a little bit more speed and probably a quicker first step to the ball. And, uh, yeah, it was 
play right there. And we saw in, you know in, uh, Cologne make it a, a nice play last night at short as well. So it's good to see him flashing some leather out there. And then a non-out Jake, but obviously the top of the six on our friend Brett Laurie. How about that? Uh, the nice play by speaking of Major League debut because of injury. How about Orlando Calixte coming in the game due to Infante going out? They moved, of course, Cologne over to second. But Calixte comes in at shortstop, a guy that I was shocked was called up. I mean, he's on the 40, and they were expecting him to only be up for a couple days until Alcides came back tomorrow. It looks like now his stay will be a bit longer with Infante likely going on the DL. Well, again, we'll talk about that later. But Jake, how about the, kind of describe that play for those who don't remember it on the you know the Calixte they made there in the sixth on Brett Laurie. Well, it was a ground ball there in the hole between third and short, and it was a it was a very very difficult play for a shortstop to make. And he backhanded it and kind of threw without even planning, but he still put a lot of velocity on the ball. I mean, you would have think you would have thought if you saw just the speed of the ball that he had planted his foot and thrown it, and he nearly got him out of first a very close play. But yeah, he gunned that ball over there. He's he's got a, obviously a very good arm, and his glove looked good on that play. I know. It's very small sample size, just one play, but he certainly from that looked like a guy who can play this, the position if he's needed in this league, at the major league level. And Jake, you and I go down and watch the minor league affiliates each summer, and we've seen Calixte in the past. And a guy who last summer, uh, not real encouraging defensively. I mean, from what we saw, I mean, again, like you said, small sample mm-hmm. size, just a couple of games, but not somebody that looked real encouraging defensively. So that was nice to see. Hopefully, he's taken a stride that way, and that kind of play can give him some more confidence. He also made a nice, you know, took his time on a, on a ball that I believe Billy Butler hit, threw him out easily, or who somebody did, Fegley, one of those slow guys, then got him, knew, knew the hitter. You know, it was good to see him kind of be heady out there. Had a couple nice at-bats putting the ball in play as well. So nice to see Calixte get in to the Royals. Now, one more thing before we get to what everyone wants to hear about, and that's the ugliness. One more thing is Danny Duffy in this game, and we'll talk about him a bit later, so we won't talk too much about Duffy right now, but Jake, five innings. This is almost like a, an old-school Danny Duffy 2012-2013 line, with, and that's not a good thing, of course. Five innings. The two runs, not awful, of course. The four hits, not awful in the five innings, but the problem was the five Ks are fine, but the five walks we saw, Jake. And, uh, trouble with his command again. Yeah, and the, the walks are a killer. They killed him today, and he's very, I think, fortunate that he didn't give up more than two runs over those five innings. He was he was struggling, honestly, with command of all of his pitches today. Really just couldn't really find his zone. Really struggled from, from the get-go. And for him to be effective, he's got to have command of all of his pitches. And uh, we haven't really seen that from him yet this year like we did last year. And you gotta you gotta hope you know with he being your number two starter, you would like to see more command and more control because he's, as we've seen you know last year when he's got his command, he's as effective as anybody for a left-handed pitcher. He's very tough to hit, and uh, you know they don't guys don't hit the ball too hard off him very often. But but when you give him the three passes, you're not helping yourself out there. And he's if he he just needs to work on getting his command back, and I think he can still be very effective all season. Of course, I am a betting man, if you know me, and I'd be willing to bet a little bit that we don't see the combination of Duffy and Kratz in the near future either. Not not blaming it on Kratz at all. Don't don't get me wrong, but it, you know his pace was was slowed to a crawl between pitches, and it may not have been Kratz at all. Southie may not have made any difference, but I just think that probably you're not going to see Kratz with that combination for a while. Maybe next time we see Kratz, would you agree, Jake? Probably Guthrie or Vargas. I would think so. Yeah, they just did not seem in sync out there. There were quite a few times when he had to go out to the mound and talk to him. They were taking forever between pitches. Maybe that was just another Duffy's pace today. Maybe he just wasn't comfortable with his command, and that's why. Or, But it could have definitely had something to do with Kratz, too. There was just a lot of time between pitches, and those two just did not seem to be in sync at all. So that'll be something to watch. Yeah, I don't think we'll see that combo, though, for a while. 
We're talking the Clubhouse Conversation Insider. Jake Lutz here. I'm Davo on your dish. Glad you're along on this Sunday. We're just getting started, Jake. we got to get into the ugliness now. We're still going to preview the Minnesota series. We're also going to do the f- uh, True or False 5-pack with you here at the end. But let's get to the ugliness next. So, Jake, starting off, you know, let's go to the bottom of the first inning. Actually, let's let's not. Let's start with last night postgame. So the Royals, in theory... Even things up last night. I think we can all agree that Ventura plunking Brett Laurie and Laurie keeping his head down, running to first base, didn't say anything. I thought Laurie handled it like a professional, which is not like today. But yesterday handled it like a professional. Um, and I think that it probably was over between the two teams, honestly. But then before we even talk about the first, Jake, I mean, let's talk about Josh Reddick last night, calling Ventura a uh, thrower, not a pitcher, calling him Bush League, saying that things aren't over I mean, do you agree that was not a good way for Oakland to go into Game Three today? No, not not at all. And the whole thing, you know, could have been it was finished last night. And because of you know, I don't know if Reddick's comments had to do with you know Casimir throwing at Kane today in the first inning, but him saying it's not over it makes me think that it definitely did have something to do with it. And uh, it just yeah, the way that they handled it after it was not smart. And the whole thing could have been over after two because he could have moved on and just played baseball the rest of the year. And now. Instead, you had this mess today that we had on the field, and then we'll probably see even more fireworks, I would guess, when we see Oakland, I think, late June. So, right, right. yeah, it's it's definitely it can probably be a continuation. Yeah, so we saw 92 by Casimir. So obviously it was a fastball. I saw and heard some different conflicting reports that it was a curveball. It was not. It was a fastball on pitch one right into his foot slash ankle slash shin area. 92 at Kane. I mean, Jake, on a 1 to 100% scale, how likely was that pitch intentional? I think it was 100% intentional. I, I've rewatched it several times. And, um, I mean, especially you saw how good of control Casimir had out there on the mound today. He was able to put the ball wherever he wanted, and he did not throw a – I mean, even when he was missing today with, with pitches, he was barely missing on everything. It was 100% intentional, two outs, nobody on, Kane at the plate. And, uh, yeah, he, he was intentionally trying to throw look like right where he threw it. And, uh, yeah, I, I think 100% it was an intentional throw. And so, Kelvin Herrera then, of course, fast forward to the eighth. You know, sprinkled in, we had a few ejections going up to that. Two more at that point. Island, Yost, Wakamatsu, Escobar, Herrera all ejected for the Royals. Somehow, Oakland in this series didn't have anybody ejected, nor have opponents for the Royals this year. But, I mean, getting off that soapbox, I mean, going back, Jake, to the eighth inning, so Herrera comes up and in. I mean, you know, behind Lori, perhaps Herrera shouldn't have gone up to the head. We'll get your thoughts on this towards that area. But at the same time, I mean, Oakland, uh, the Royals are getting getting a bad reputation nationally right now. If you kind of scour some of the MLB.com and and uh, ESPN and SB Nation and Deadspin and some of the different sites, it seems that most people are kind of taking Oakland's side on this. When I, I mean, basically, we, we agree, Jake. I mean, perhaps Friday night, it, the, the slide, I'm not saying Laurie was trying to injure Escobar. I don't think that was the case at all. But I think it was, at, at the very least, a bad slide and borderline dirty. I mean, so the Royals responding and not throwing in his head yesterday was fine. It was over. Then Oakland chirps last night after the game. They drove our guy in the first so I mean I fail to see how the Royals weren't supposed to respond or, or even if you know even if you don't think they should have responded how they didn't even things back up in the eighth inning what are your whole thoughts on that I mean I think they had with you know they had to respond after Casimir hit Kane I mean I think you had to just because the way this whole thing is gone I mean I'm not saying that the Herrera should have thrown at his head I wish he would have just hit him in the back you know or maybe somewhere lower or just thrown it up and in without hitting him, or well, he didn't hit him yeah. behind his head. 
but you know maybe somewhere not as close to the head because that can be a little dangerous. But honestly, something was going to happen. Some some type of pitch was had to happen there. You had to retaliate. You had to back up your guys. And um, yeah, I mean, absolutely, retaliation was in order from the Royals. So, are the Royals in the wrong at all? I don't think so. I I, I don't see you. you the Royals are the guys. These guys on this team seem to back up each other, and they're they're not going to let you know one of their teammates get thrown out like that again and get this whole thing started without retaliating back. And I think they responded the right way. I mean, yes, I would have liked to see the pitch or from Kelvin Herrera, maybe not quite as close to the head, but I think it was, you know, I don't have a problem with them retaliating back there and then also retaliating and winning the series. Yeah, well, it was an interesting series. The Royals get back to 1-1 one and one this year in rubber matches, of course, losing the game on Thursday to the Twins, winning today against the A's, and that gets us, Jake, to the Twin Series. So let me kind of give you a breakdown of the matchups here. we got three games. Uh, two of the three are, are exact rematches of the, of the three-game set that we saw in Minnesota last week. Kyle Cy Young Gibson goes for the Twins in Game 1, the former Mizzou Tiger against Edinson Volquez. Now, last Wednesday at Target Field, Volquez made the one mistake to Eswaldo Arcia in that game and the Royals lost three to one uh obviously I mean one honestly got one mistake by Volquez pitched a hell of a game that day and then but the problem was Gibson was even better just one run on six and two thirds now uh, Gibson Jake four and oh with a one three eight against KC lifetime in 26 innings however he's got an ERA over six on the year even with that match against the Royals last week what are you feeling about tomorrow well, like you said, yeah, he's been great against the Royals. He's a guy we've really struggled to hit, and um, you know, it would it would be nice to to finally be able to get some runs, especially maybe get get some. Yeah, I think he's a guy who gets really comfortable when you know when he if he has his first his first couple innings are good. He's feeling really good out there. His confidence gets high. I think we need to score and score early on him. I think and try to rattle him because you know we've got to get something going. We've really, again, a guy we've really struggled against. But I like Volquez, too. For us, he was solid. Again, the one mistake last week to Arcia. Um, you know, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a good matchup tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, the Royals need to beat Kyle Gibson. And again, they're 9-3, and three, so it's not even close to a must-win game. And it's a three-game set. But, I mean, I, well, let's continue to, to the next game before I talk about the overall series expectations. We'll get to the next game. So the next game is Tuesday. It's Tommy Malone, a former Royal killer, while with the A's, who's kind of come back down to earth with the Twins. Tommy Malone and Vargas in another rematch. The Royals, of course, uh, lost that game big time. Vargas had his worst outing as a Royal, going just three-plus innings, 10 hits, four runs, and then Tommy Malone, the Royals were okay against. Five and a third, gave up three runs, so not bad against Malone. I mean, does Vargas recover and make a statement come back, Jake, and throw a good game Tuesday? I think he does, and he he really needs to. You know, it's something fans, everybody would really like to see with the organization. Vargas had a really rough outing against the Twins the other day. He, you know, his changeup was, was up. He just, he was all over the place with his command, and it, it's really important, especially I feel like he seems to pitch better. To me, at home at least, I, I always feel more comfortable when he's out on the mound with the big ballpark because he does get a lot of fly balls. But I, I think I, I really hope we see a much better performance from Vargas. I'm sure he would like to come out and have a really good outing. And uh, I, I think we're going to see a much better performance from him Tuesday night. 
Law of averages would seem to think so. Now, Wednesday, uh, two guys who have not squared off against each other's teams so far this year. Mike Pelfrey, it's been a couple years since we saw him. He pitched in just five games last year because of injury. So the Royals didn't see Pelfrey last year. It's against Jeremy Guthrie. Now, Pelfrey, uh, his last start against Cleveland, allowed just one run, but did walk four in five innings. Has a 4-5 ERA coming in. Uh, Jake, not particularly good last year or the year before. I mean, last year only five appearances, like I said. A 7.99 last year, a 5.19 uh, in 2013 and 29 stars. And of course, Jeremy Guthrie struggled with the long ball against the A's Friday night. This matchup probably comes down to who keeps the ball in the ballpark more. Absolutely, and that's that's always the key for Guthrie is keeping the ball in the park. You know, he's that's his biggest issue because he's he's going to come out there, he's going to throw strikes, and he's probably going to give you you know a good amount of innings. But he's just got to keep the ball in the park and, you know, continue to throw strikes. And I think you've got to like I, – I think we're I think we're going to get a good outing from Guthrie this week, too. I think you've got to like that matchup with Pelfrey. You know, I think that's a guy that I think the Royals can definitely score some runs on and score early on. So, overall for the series, Jake, I mean, for this season, we get the Twins 19 times. The Royals probably need to beat them 11 or 12 minimum. Uh, they already, you know, kind of laid kind of laid an egg. That, that's kind of strong. But I mean, you can almost say they laid an egg in Minnesota, losing two out of three. We, we won't go, you know, not quite that harsh. But, I mean, the Royals, like I said, are 9-3, and three, keeping pace with Detroit only a game back. And it's ridiculous to even talk about how far back they are until July. I realize that. But, Jake, I mean, in this series... Do you agree we're expecting 11 or 12 wins this year, and do you agree two minimum is needed, possibly even a sweep in this series? Absolutely, yeah. I, ex- I expect them to get two out of three. and it's whether I, I don't know if I could tell you which two games they're going to get out of three because I honestly like their chances in all three. I mean, I guess if I had to choose one that I think would be the toughest, I would say Kyle Gibson just because in the past we haven't been able to hit him. Right. But, you know, I would say definitely if we can come out tomorrow night and maybe make a statement four runs early on Gibson, I would say that's a pretty good sign that it's gonna we're going to have a very good chance to take this series and not even sweep it. Right, I agree. I think if they win tomorrow, they're in really, really good shape. I, I, Malone and Pelfrey don't really scare me at all. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think so. I think that's that first game. I think worst case, they split the last two games. So if they can get that game tomorrow, I agree, Jake. A sweep is fairly likely in two out of three. You'd feel pretty comfortable, comfortable and confident at that point. Well, here's my favorite part of having you on every Sunday. It's the True or False Five Pack with Clubhouse Conversation Insider Jake Lutz. And you can always, if you want us to discuss something in the future, as always, it's at Royal clubhouse on twitter there's a clubhouse conversation facebook page we of course have an email dave o at clubhouseconversation.com so a variety of ways you can comment here if you'd like on the website different ways to get in touch with us but jake true or false five pack and we do have a couple of questions from fans number one is from dale um number one we'll just throw this at you you know first of all here jake true or false the bad blood and shenanigans between oakland and kansas city is now over true or false I would say false. I think we're going to definitely see more after what happened today. You know, after last night, I would have said yes, but I, you know, I honestly didn't see that coming today. I did not think that they would retaliate again today and hit Kane in the first inning. So, with everything that happened today, I would say yeah. With the next time we see Oakland in Oakland, we probably are going to see some more fireworks. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. I mean, it, it is late June, so you would think some tempers have flared by then, and perhaps some of the key guys won't be on the field by then with injury or trade or you know struggling or whatever else happens for both teams. But I would agree, Jake. I think this probably carries over, which is too bad. 
I don't know. We, we kind of discussed one of the questions earlier that's our next true or false that we had from Scott. Scott, you asked us if Kelvin Herrera was in the wrong for throwing behind Brett Laurie. Jake and I both said, you know, perhaps maybe shouldn't have gone as high, but was not in the wrong for throwing at him. So, Jake, we'll kind of substitute a different true or false question in here for you. True or false, okay. uh, the Royals are going to get just raked over the coals tomorrow. And I, I think nationally, I think Tim Tebow making his big announcement today will actually help the Royals. But how bad are the Royals going to look? I mean, it's obviously true they're going to get raked, but I mean, how bad are they going to look nationally? And, and what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. The national media probably is going to. I don't know how much they'll blow up the situation and look into it, but I, I'm sure they're going to peg the Royals as bad guys here because probably strictly because of Herrera throwing, you know, up to, in the, in the area of his head, and it's unfortunate because you know if they, I wish that they would. Probably, probably the national media hasn't looked as much into that slide on Friday night, which some say wasn't that bad of a slide. But you know, when I look at it, I, I slightly disagree with the way his spikes were up and the way that there just wasn't any there or any reason to slide into, into uh, Escobar like that. So I don't. I would. I think the national media is probably going to blow it up some and probably make us look like the bad guy, even though I don't think that's necessarily the case here. But we'll, we'll just have to see, I guess. We'll see. We'll see what they say tonight and tomorrow. Yeah, and, and again, I think that a lot of the national media also don't know about the Josh Reddick remarks last night, saying it's not over. And a lot of them will kind of ignore the fact that the Royals got drilled, you know, in the first inning. You know, mm-hmm. I, I thought this things were evened up last night. I mean, I guess Oakland is that delusional that they didn't see anything wrong with the play on Friday night. I mean, I don't see it again, Jake. It's beyond me how you would continue to make a big deal out of Laurie. I mean, Laurie didn't seem to make a big deal out of it. They hit him and moved on. And but, but I guess you know. That's neither here nor there, so I guess that's where we are with that. Now, number three, true or false here on the true or false five-pack with Clubhouse Conversation insider Jake Lutz. Number three, Omar Infante will need a stint on the DL. True or false? I unfortunately think that is true. You know, Ned was talking about it after the game. It sounded like that he has a pulled groin, I believe, and he said that he, he had to bet on it. He would say that he, they're probably going to have to make a roster move. Which you know is unfortunate. I you know you hate to see Infante go down. Luckily, I think Cologne can play a fine second base, fine being. But yeah, I, th- I think Infante is going to be seeing a stint on the DL. I would agree, Jake, and I think we probably both agree. It looks like Ryan Jackson will probably be the guy that they have to add to the forty-man roster. Move Tim Collins over to the sixty. Now, Ryan Jackson, a guy who's played twenty games at the major league level with the Cardinals, real small amount of at bats, just two for twenty-four in his big league career. So, also, you know, almost reminds you of a Jason Nix, although Nix, of course, had a much longer career. But as far as struggling with the bat, but a guy that can play a, a good glove at shortstop, give you some flexibility. Jake, just twenty-six. He's five for eighteen this year at. Omaha, you agree that Ryan Jackson will probably be the guy? I think so, yeah. It seems like, you know, they need they need someone to come up who can definitely give them that defensive help at shortstop and even possibly second base. And, yeah, I think Jackson is the guy. He's known for his glove. He's not really known for the bat that well. But, you know, I think right now having great defense out there is probably more important than what you're going to get from him at the plate. Man, it seems like we have a ridiculous amount of guys making the Royals debut the last couple of weeks, doesn't it? Every day it's like somebody new is coming up. It seems like this roster is going through turmoil right now with all the different injuries. Number four, Jake, and this is one I'm actually, I haven't even asked you this off the air yet, so I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on this. True or false, number four, Paulo Orlando might be more than just a fourth outfielder slash bit player. I'm going to say false. I, I think, you know, I like what I've seen from him so far this year. Obviously, it's been a very small sample size, you know. 
uh, him the majors. But and I like what I've seen. But he he looks like a guy who can be a decent fourth outfielder in the major leagues, and that's what he's doing for us. Well, he's having to do a little bit more than that right now with Rios out. He's having to play more. But yes, yeah, when you look at his when you look at his minor league numbers, I mean he's he doesn't really ever hit for much power. Big, you know, didn't have a ton of extra base hits in the minors. Steals a lot of bases, but you know, and he has a he had a decent on base percentage last year, um, and a good batting average. But I I don't think I think he's just more of a fourth outfielder type of guy. He's kind of kind of reminds me in a way of you know when David Lowe was up with us a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very similar, a little bit more speed. I think maybe a little bit better outfielder too. But he just seems like that type of guy where he's a he's a good fourth outfielder for a major league team. I think he's that, but I don't think he's anything more than that. And one thing we noticed today, too, Jake, and like you said last year, uh, only six home runs in Omaha. So, I mean, and that's Pacific Coast League pitching. So not a guy that's going to hit many home runs. And we, we've seen the triples occasionally. But, again, that's probably lightning in a bottle, at least at that rate, obviously. But, Jake, one thing we noticed today sitting there at the K was the arm. I mean, we saw two different throws mm-hmm. from right field. Obviously, he's not a major league right fielder. I mean, that's uh, – I, I, I don't want to call it weak, but I, I will almost call it a weak arm in right field from what we saw. He totally airmailed the cutoff man uh, on one of the one of the runs. I guess it was one of the base hits that we saw from um, what's his bucket Zobrist that scored a run, and he totally airmailed Hosmer around almost like a looping throw. And then there, of course there was later in the game we saw him throw towards second on a double. And do you agree his arm at best is slightly below average? Yes, yeah, at, at best. He does not have a, a major league outfield arm. I mean, it's definitely below average. At least for right, for right, for sure. Yeah, especially for right field. I mean, maybe, you know, I think as far as what I've seen so far, I mean, it's still a small sample size, but he looks like, other than that, he can play the position pretty well. He seems to have a pretty quick first step and seems to know what he's doing out there, know his way around. But, yeah, his arm is definitely weak. I'm not even sure how accurate it is either. It wasn't too accurate on those throws today. Um, so... Yeah, I, th- I think he's probably overall the yeah, with the arm is definitely low average. And I think we're already starting to see you know some adjustments made in pitching to him, Jake. I mean, I have concerns about him hitting a major league breaking ball as well. We saw it today a lot of struggling there against Kazmir, even last night against Han. Um, I'm assuming the Twins are going to have that. Their advanced scouts obviously are at the game. I'm assuming they're going to get that noted as well. So it'll be interesting to see how he does against the breaking ball. But I agree, Jake. I think he's a useful major league player. I think he'll have a nice three- to six-year major league career, but I don't think he's probably a viable option for a playoff team as a starting outfitter. But I think you would also agree the Royals need to find out this next three to four weeks while Rios is out. They at least need to play him every day. Cause I, would you agree he's probably the most viable option, at least in right field, for the time being? Absolutely right, now, especially when you saw Drod Dyson. He he can't play right field very well. He just looked like a guy who doesn't have any experience out there. And Orlando is a better option than him. And it has a better bat. And um, yeah, I, I think we definitely are going. It's good that we're going to find out what we have with him over the next few weeks for sure. Now, our final for this week, uh, true or false question here on the five-pack. I, th- I keep almost saying fact or fiction, Jake. We don't say that around here. We say true or false. <laughs> or we write in the book over here. Uh, Jake, our fifth one. I mean, I'm, again, I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on this one. And I'm assuming the word sample size, the phrase sample size is going to come up here. Number five, Detroit is for real and is still the team to beat in the AL Central. True or false? You know, it's a, it is a small sample size so far this year. I, I'm going to say true, just by the way they have come out of the gate. You know, I was not expecting it with all the, you know, I mean, they. I obviously thought their lineup was, was very good. I didn't know how healthy it was going to stay, and obviously we're only a couple weeks in the season, so 
we'll see how down the road how healthy all those guys are. If Cabrera, Martinez, and all Cespedes, all of them can stay healthy. But right now they're hitting the heck out of the ball. Their starting pitching has been lights out. These guys who came in, Simon and Green, both have been fantastic. And um, it, but it'll be you know it's a small sample, so we'll see. We'll see. They've been off the charts good in just about every aspect of the game so far. This. And I don't see any way that that can, that can continue. Yeah, I saw a stat somewhere that – let me see if I can pull it up real quick here – about uh, Green in particular, Jake, and just and some absolutely ridiculous numbers here. Let's check this out here. Shane Green is striking out 14% of batters this year, Jake. Opposing hitters have a 188 balls in play batting average. So anytime a ball's hit in play, they're hitting 188. I believe the league average is something like what? I think I don't know, last year maybe 268, 272. So 188's ridiculously lucky, Jake, and he's stranded 88% of runners against him. Right? Surely that can't keep up, right? I, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, that that's there's got to be some, you know, the base baseball. There's always some luck added into baseball. Yeah. There's some there because that's it's pretty incredible. He's he's not striking out any guys. The only guys he only has 11 Ks on the year so far. I mean, he's yeah. So I I don't think that will continue. I mean, he's been pretty much hardly given up any any runs so far this year, really. Only one earned run and three starts, but um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see any way that that can continue. I think he'll come back to earth a little bit, and I think their lineup will too. I mean, Cespedes has had six RBIs today again, <laughs> and two home runs, a grand slam. Their guys, it's, you know, the middle of their order is scary uh, when they're all healthy, playing the way they are right now. But you know, I, you would think if they ever, if one of those guys ever gets hurt or anything, I think something, you know, could definitely change for them. And, and I think everyone will cool off a little bit. Well, and I think also, and again, we'll find out, but some of their hotness at the beginning of the year is perhaps because of their schedule. I mean, it's looking at the moment, and again, it's way early, but I mean, they've played the White Sox a lot. They've played Cleveland quite a bit, and obviously Pittsburgh's not supposed to be good, or at least very good, or as good, I should say, as last year. More maybe like a 500 team this year in the NL Central. So, Jake, I mean, you look at it, the Royals, in my opinion, have played a tougher schedule. They've played arguably the two best teams in the AL West in addition to some of the others. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, I'm, again, it's so early to tell, but I think we can both agree that the Royals and Tigers are both high-quality baseball teams. Well, Jake, one final thought from you, I guess, this week. We'll talk to you again next Sunday. What did you take from this you know, this three-game set with Oakland, and what are your overall thoughts on where the Royals are at, you know, injuries included at this point? Well, you know, I, I would say with all things considered, with all of the injuries that have happened this week, you know, you've got to be happy, especially with winning the series against Oakland. And you know it was it was a good series. It was it was one they needed to win, I think, and especially with that. And you know it would have been even more frustrating, you know, with this whole situation of hitting guys and stuff. Is you know everything that went on, especially for them. If we if we had lost that game today, if Herrera had thrown at him and we'd you know there and we'd end up losing that game today, I think that would have been kind of crushing and made us kind of maybe made us kind of look bad there. But I, I think it's a huge confidence booster to win the series. I think the team is fired up they're playing like it's October still and you know they, they seem to be a team that's I think together and as, as tight as any team is in the major leagues the guys you know they work well together and I, I you know overall I thought all things considered I thought it was still a pretty good week by dropping you know you dropped the series to Minnesota that was going to happen after you know you're going to after it seems like every seven games in a row are going a huge winning streak you come back to earth a little bit and that's I think what happened in that series but overall they're still playing really good baseball and overall, it was a pretty good week, all things considered, with the injuries and everything.
Yeah, they didn't score a lot of runs against Oakland, but remember, nobody else is either. Oakland with a major league record, five stri- or five shutouts out of their first 12 games, which nobody had done before. So obviously Oakland can pitch a little bit. We've known that for many years. Billy Bean knows what he's doing. Well, Jake, thanks again, as always, for joining us here this and every Sunday here on Clubhouse Conversation. Keep it on uh, throughout the week for interviews with your favorite current and former Royals. We'll have plenty of thoughts. By the way, make sure you follow us at Royals Clubhouse on Twitter. Both Jake and myself will tweet and give you our thoughts and keep you up to date with everything that goes on with the Royals. Uh, Facebook, of course. Thanks for the like on Clubhouse Conversation. And Jake, we will speak with you one week from now. I guess we'll know a lot more, or at least a little bit more. Seven full games this week. No off days, so it should be a good one. And against AL Central foes, and we've been discussing how it's important to play better against the AL Central this year. So, And a couple of teams the Royals should be able to take care of in Cleveland and Minnesota, Jake. So hopefully we'll see a 4-3 and three week or so, maybe even 5-2, and two, and we'll talk to you again next week. And Jake? Sounds good. Thanks.